0: Welcome to Sustainability Scores, the podcast for research analysts who wants to unlock insight from corporate sustainability data. I'm your host, Vikram Shetty. Today, I'm joined by my guest, Angelica to talk about water footprint. Angelica, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Vikram. It's a pleasure to be here and to talk to the, this amazing community. It's a pleasure for me.
0: <laughs> for folks who are just meeting you for the first time, uh, would you like to share mm. a little bit about who you are and what you do?
1: I'm an environmental engineer. I've been working in environmental consultancy since 2017. So it has been almost six years now. I finished my master's this year in February in environmental analysis, which is basically live like a life cycle or like life cycle analysis or assessment and water like carbon and water footprint. So the that's my emphasis so far in the in my career. And yeah, basically in my previous job, I was working as a head of sustainability or sustainability and climate change leader. So that's more or less been what I have been doing.
0: (laughs) Great. Uh, So my first question to you is, uh, what is the difference between a carbon footprint and a water footprint?
1: Um, Well, I would like to start with something that I found like very curious about the carbon and the water. Like these two things are extremely important for life on Earth. So I would like to tell the our community that we as human beings or as living organisms on earth, we are 60% water, more or less. For example, some plants are between 80 and 90% based on water. And we as a human beings, we are more or less 80% and 60%. And the rest of that it, it's more or less 18 to 20% carbon. And the rest of it, the rest of the minerals like uh, magnesium and others. But basically, like, we are bags or some kind of containers of carbon and water. So let's take into account that these two elements are the most important elements for life on Earth. Without carbon and water, we cannot exist, basically. So that's why it's so important to talk about these two elements. So, yeah, what's the difference? Basically, the carbon footprint is like the carbon dioxide footprint, which is something to make clear about it. It's... um. It's carbon in their gas status or in the gas state. So basically what we measure is how much carbon dioxide it's in the, in the atmosphere. But also not just the carbon dioxide, but the rest of the greenhouse gases, which are more or less six that we probably already know. So what we measure in the carbon footprint is like the whole components of these seven or six greenhouse gases. And then we, type to, we try to maybe compare it based on the on the carbon dioxide equivalent. That's what usually when you said, okay, my carbon footprint as a as a person right now it's probably 11 tons per year. Also, like if you wanna find out how much is your carbon footprint on the internet, you can go to any kind of like free calculator and you can find exactly how much is your carbon footprint, and then try to compensate it maybe just, like, planting one, two, or three, like, uh, trees per year. And in that way, as you know, the plants absorb your carbon dioxide uh, footprint and transform it to oxygen. So that's, like, an easy way or or a simple way to explain how it's, like, the the dynamic between us and the environment and the carbon footprint. And basically, like, also, this specific, like, uh, measurement or the carbon footprint It's what decides like the temperature on Earth. So basically the greenhouse gases are in charge of the greenhouse effect. So it's the one that regulates the temperature on Earth. Temperature also is the base for everything, because temperature is the way that energy and matter uh, behaves on Earth. So if we don't have the right temperature or the right climate as a whole, that means that nothing is going to work the way it should not the, the agriculture, not the ocean dynamics, nothing is gonna work the way the way it should if we don't have the right like temperature and in and, and climate. So that's the way everything is related. So now passing to the to the water footprint, it's then the, the same cycle because if the water is not in the right temperature, which is basically what the, the greenhouse effects affects, the greenhouse effect affects, yeah, like that. If the water is not in the right temperature, that means that we are not going to have the availability of water that is necessary for life and in the state that is necessary because that is also something very important. We not only need water, we need fresh water and we need liquid fresh water. So that's also super important to maybe highlight because um, if probably right now we have like a huge availability of salt water. It's very hard to make it fresh water because we have to take all the salt from it. And also if we if we take too much water out of the oceans, we're gonna have like a very problematic issue. So it's, it's not something that we can do so easily. There are some countries that are working on it, but it's not so easy to do. And so maybe then water footprint, as um, probably you have heard before, is divided like in three main categories, which is green water, blue water, and gray water. That I don't know if you're gonna talk about it a bit later, but it's basically, the consumption of water like how much water we are taking out of the like aquifer or the water source that we're using a river for example and the gray water will be like how much water we are contaminating or polluting and what we can do to reduce that pollution that that will then uh, transfer to the water
0: great great, got it i will ask i will get into more on those three types i'm curious to know more yeah. about it uh, uh, and uh, so so what are the reasonable water footprint reduction that a company new target
1: According to the United Nations data we have more or less like this uh, this information in order to stabilize or total water footprint and by total I mean the earth or, or the global water footprint uh, by 2000s like the beginning of 2000s our water consumption was 1385 cubic meters And the goal or the idea is to reduce it to 835 cubic meters by uh, 2,100. That means in more or less 80 years. So we have quite a lot of time considered like the projected population growth. However, we have to take into account that it's a 40% reduction. So it's not something that we can can do so easy. So we have almost 80 years to get to this uh, target, but still it's a very hard work to do. get there so for example there is like an entity where the like basically like the concept of water footprint was created which is the water footprint network and they said that probably there is three measures to achieve a more sustainable water use the first of them is governments have to establish water footprint caps that means that we have to really be careful for all the catchments of water in the world and make sure that we can establish or set limits to the water consumption in every river base. Also, like we have to take into account the availability of water in every country or every community when, when we think in terms of like what the government can do. The second measure will be formulate water footprint benchmarks for all needs that requires a lot of water, such as food, vegetables, clothes, flutters, bioenergy... Like these kind of industries consumes a lot of water. So we have to probably have some like a new benchmarks and, and new caps also to make sure that, that, that we are kind of be fair in these terms. And also basically find the best technology, like the current technology that we have, we maybe have to find ways to improve it and also find new technologies and practices to, that leads to lowest levels of water use and pollution. And the third measure will be promote like a fatal water use across communities. Uh, probably right now, there are countries that are using more water than others, that are polluting more water than others. But at the same time, we have to take into account that we cannot deserve the same as, the same as humanity and human beings. So, if, for example, in the United States and Southern Europe, consumers have a water footprint nearly twice than the global average. So these countries or, or these communities have to have like a, a bigger um, care in terms of how much water they use compared to other countries that currently are using less water. So that's probably the three measures that right now the Water Footprint Network are recommending to, to manage from here to in up to eight years. Eight right. years, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. Got it. Got it. And for all this, uh, the countries, the businesses in this country, are they? currently offsetting their waterproof print are there any mechanism that uh, people are using
1: more than offsetting i think it's more like a technology transition oh. it's like for example remember that in old days probably 10 years ago a decade or two decades ago every time that we flushed the toilet it was six liters more or less but now it's 1.5 liter per flush. so it's Mo, it's basically what we're doing and every time you know in your things, in every like water pump that we have in our houses the ideal is to have it like water efficient so that's that applies for every industry if you have right now a technology and or the process that use x amount of water how can you make it lower in terms of consumption and how can you make it less polluting that's that are the two key things that every industry, and especially the industry who like consume the most water, they have to really and, and deeply care about how can I use less water and how can I make my processes less polluting? And, and 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 yeah, like any any chemical, any process that I can that I can make more efficient and sustainable, how can I do it? Should I just improve the technology that I currently have, or should I actually start thinking about creating a new technology for it. I know that it's not something easy because we know that industries have to also take care about the business itself. And we know that sometimes this kind of measures may harm the business, but they have to make a balance in that way. That's what we try with sustainability. We're not trying to make like fast or rush changes, but we try to make like a, like a transition through the years, maybe that's the idea. So that's the way that probably the most of companies and industries right now are doing, what I consider.
0: Sure, got it. And you've already touched this point, but is there any new or any practices for calculating the water footprint that uh, you would like to share with our listeners?
1: Well, actually, there is like a very good and free tool uh, provided by the Water Footprint Network. So, if you go to the internet and you go like waterfootprintnetwork.org, then you will find all the information on how to calculate your carbon and your water footprint in a personal level and a city level, and even like a, like a global level, how, how everything is connected because we know that water is a global cycle. So, we have to always be connected between each other, between countries, communities, and individuals and industries. So yes, I, I, I was checking out the website before this, pod, this podcast and I was thinking, okay, this is like very good. It's very easy and, and to understand for everyone, even people who have never like worked right. with Water Footprint. It's very intuitive and, and, and easy to manage. So yeah, you can just go to the website. This website was uh, originally created by the, yeah, by the, the person who creates the, the Water Footprint concept. So it's like very... Um, trustworth
0: I think got it I will uh, look it up and also mention in the show notes for uh, directly. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. great uh, coming back to those three uh, footprint the green blue and gray gray is something which is pretty obvious and clear so what is yeah. the difference between the green and green and a blue water
1: well basically the green water footprint is the water from precipitation that is stored in the root zone of the soil and then evaporated, transpired or incorporated by plants. So this what this water footprint is mainly like or, or it's most important for maybe like agricultural or agricultural or maybe forestry products. So that's why probably when when we think about water footprint for companies or individuals we mostly care about blue and gray, but this is also like very important for for yeah for people who manage these kind of, of industries maybe yeah I, I don't yeah. know if that was quite easy to understand.
0: No, no, it, it makes sense. And, yeah. uh I'll just reiterate: it. and the blue is the one which we get from the reserves, like reverse or or uh, which is available for consumption, and the gray is the uh, the one which we pollute back or if the industry or uh, households or the city polluted, got it. Uh,
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Right. Uh, Is there any uh, weights uh, that needs, like when it comes to measurement, are there any common weightages or something that uh, someone needs to consider, especially if they are uh, in space of research uh, and uh, data space?
1: Well, for example, I think something very important for the water footprint calculation is the life cycle analysis, because through the life cycle analysis, you know, what are like, what is your process step by step, whether you are calculating the water footprint for the product or for the company or for the city or for in a global level. And um, including, for example, something that it's called virtual water, like virtual water footprint, which is basically when you take into account processes that you usually don't like don't go too deep into it for example the import and export of your product so that's more or less how you connect all the water footprints in the world and and you try to make your your water footprint or your water consumption more sustainable not just for your city but also like in the in the whole cycle or in a global level just in in other words maybe like a direct water footprint and a more indirect water footprint but at the end everything is the same water because everything is the same earth So whatever you do here or or in your country affects the, um, I don't know, the polar in the world. So basically, like water is connected all over the world. So it's important to to also like measure or or take into account the the whole cycle.
0: Got it. If I loosely connect to it, it is something similar to scope three in uh, emission.
1: Exactly. It will be more or less like that. And all of that, as I told you, all of this is already like kind of established on the the guidelines of the Water Footprint Network. Like they have everything in detail um, about what are the units, what are the parameters, what are the the equations that you have to use. It's quite simple. Like it's it's nothing too complex. For example, if you want to know the blue water footprint for your office, imagine that you have a small, medium office. Mm -hmm. You can just like uh, ask for the water bill like from your utility or from your supplier. And then you have how much is your consumption of water and how can you reduce it? Maybe you change your like the technology that you're using, the plumb that you're using, and then you know how to how to make your office more sustainable in terms of water footprint. Right. And and yeah, so it's quite easy in that way.
0: Right. No, I'm I'm understand and definitely the standards helps and uh, all, all the measurement also help. Uh, but the reason we have this kind of conversation is I recently came also uh, at, at, at an outset, it might be too complex or costly, but sometimes mm. if we set processes in place, it can be seamless and it can be a mm. part of your existing uh, uh, business model or the data you already have is already available to you. It's only about going and checking and exactly. as, as you mentioned, benchmarking it against to figure out where are we at least to find out where we are so that to make sure, like, if you are a part of it, uh, part of uh, the 40% reduction? Because if, if we can just do a simple back of the uh, envelope calculation, 40% reduction is the target, at least as a small business or a medium business, also. If your existing uh, consumption, especially in the blue, if we reduce that back to uh, 40%, that could be a good starting point. And once we start, and that's when the experts like you are the other experts Mm -hmm. that you can bring on board and figure it out, uh, how to take it forward, be more innovative.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I have always been, you know, since I started my career, I have this feeling that um, development and businesses, they don't have to be harmed by like natural resources protection or environmental protections at all. Like it's the whole opposite. The more you protect your resources, the best your company or business is gonna it's right. gonna go. So I think right. that make quite sense. So it's the same for waters. Everything we use, wear, buy, sell, and eat takes water to make. Right. So if we if we do like a better uh management of our water resources, of course, that every business is gonna be it's gonna like get a lot of benefits from it.
0: Right. It's not right. something
1: that that it it's like a very it's the best investment that we can do right now honestly.
0: Absolutely. It's basically cutting your cost, also, right? Because these are the resources you are anyway paying the price. And if you're innovating and reducing them, the cost to operate your business automatically reduces, especially uh, this physical and tangible resources, which are already uh, like we have limited uh, in terms of energy, water, and things like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have the, the responsibility. And this is what Sustainable Development Goals have as a, yeah, as, a, as an slogan. They said that we have to take care of the resources today so we can provide to the next generations a better future.
0: Right. And I
1: think this is very wise to you know because, yeah, this is our responsibility. Like the natural resources and the conditions of the earth right now are all responsibility right. with, uh, with the next generation. So yeah, I think we have to be quite responsible about it maybe.
0: Great. Uh, before I ask you the last question, is there mm-hmm. any point or anything that you want to share with the listener that came up during your preparation for the podcast?
1: Um, probably it was just to, to realize how, how important the water is for Earth. Like there is nothing like basically, for example, the theories about how the life on Earth starts, everything goes goes back to the water. And, uh, and, yeah, maybe realizing that, also realizing that right now we don't have the technology to decontaminate the water all the times we want. Because even someone asked me that when I was preparing, like, yeah, when I was preparing the, the podcast, someone asked me, like, yeah, but can we not just, like, you know, like, clean the water infinite time? And I was like, I really wish that we have technology for that, but well, we don't. For example, if we contaminate the, the water... With uh with nuclear wastes, we have no technology so far to do anything else with that water. We have to just like storage it. So probably in a future, in decades, we can see how can we use it. Or for example, yeah, with, with other wastes, we don't have a way right now to, to take out the pollutants from the water and then reuse it for human consumption or any other kind of consumption. So this is water that we take out of the system and we have no way to... To give it back to the earth or the system, and remember that the availability of fresh water is extremely low compared to the availability of salt water. Right. And, and as I mentioned at the beginning, we have like we have new technologies to remove salts from the water and maybe make it um, yeah make it drinkable and, and and yeah use it for for other type of consumption like processes, but it's quite complex yet and it's costly maybe. So it's easier just to to take care of the fresh water that we have already available in their natural state. So that's probably my, yep, something that I could note right
0: now. That's a, that's a great point that you shared. So my last question yeah. for you is, uh, do you have any case studies to share about uh, a good example of uh, a
1: um Yeah, well, basically, a uh, case study, it's more like when I have worked with water footprint, as I told you, I think it's... It's way easier than you think like to measure it to also something very good to to see if like the most of government have been working for decades and in having like very specific gaps or limits on how much you can contaminate your like the river that you have like a closest to your to your city and with the years that limit that limit has been decreasing that means the The more the years pass, the less we can contaminate because we don't have like now we have more conscious about yes like I cannot just clean the water unlimitedly so I have to take care of the water that I have right now so the most of governments in the world and and I put this example specifically in my city has passed I don't know from twenty percent of uh, like a uh, pollutant this pollutant is available maximum this amount per a cubic meter in the water from like 20 or 30 percent reduction of that limit or of that cap. So I think that's something really good to see in general because I think more or less every country has been doing the same throughout the last 20 decades, um, two decades. So that's probably something really good to see in terms of yeah how conscious we are right now about it. And and then we have a lot of laws who probably like take care, of, like uh, actually cares about water protection. And it's really good to see all around the world.
0: Got it. Uh, Great. And uh, where can people find you uh, more online?
1: Well, yeah, I have my LinkedIn account. So if anyone wants to follow me on LinkedIn, they are more than welcome. And uh, yes, I think LinkedIn or you can find me on Instagram. I don't post that often, but I always like to post like nice things about environment and science. So you can always find me on Instagram as Angelica Barrios Martinez. Um yeah, which is my name. I'm from Colombia. So I, I don't know if it's quite hard or easy for you to, to spell it. But...
0: Yeah, no, no problem. I'll just put your LinkedIn link in exactly. the show notes and then we'll find you. Perfect. Thanks for joining me today.
1: No, oh, thank you so much for inviting me again. It was very nice to talk about this
0: All right, folks, thanks for listening. If you have found this conversation useful, please join me again next time for sustainability scores.